Hi everyone and welcome to the Wine Shop Talk. I'm your host, sommelier Aaron Ozer, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, welcome back. Now today, I wanna to talk to you about Prosecco, and most likely, you are enjoying Prosecco because we know it is one of the most consumed sparkling wine styles on the planet. And what I wanna cover with you today is a bit of the basics, but also, why is it different from Champagne? I Sometimes people will mix them up, so I wanna make sure you understand why it's different from Champagne, and to do that, we're gonna be covering where Prosecco comes from, how it's made, the grapes that we use, the flavor profile you can expect, and some delicious food pairings. If you love Prosecco and wanna know more about those bubbles in your glass, let's get started and dive right into today's episode. Let's get started with talking about where Prosecco comes from. And Prosecco comes from the Veneto region, which is around the hills of Venice. And there is a quote that goes that Prosecco was designed to wash the sins of Venice away because there definitely was a time in history where Venice was known as quite the party city. So it's kind of a fun quote to remember. So think about Venice and what a beautiful city it is, but also that Prosecco is there to cleanse the sins of the city. When you see Prosecco, Prosecco on the label, know that it can only be made within that area of Italy. It's only going to be made in the Veneto regions. Now within the Veneto region, we have two classifications within Prosecco and you're going to see those on the label. So if you are in the wine store right now, take a wander over to the sparkling wine section and let's take a look at some labels together. If you are watching this on YouTube and not listening as a podcast, then I'm going to have some images up here around my head somewhere that you'll be able to see some examples of what you're going to be seeing on the label. Let's take a look at that Prosecco bottle. If you've walked over and you're in the wine store, what are you going to see in front of you? You're going to see very clearly on the label the word Prosecco. And what you need to know about that word Prosecco is it is the name of a town and the town itself of Prosecco is about 150 kilometers away from where the vineyards are. But the style of wine is made from what we refer to the Prosecco grape, but the grape also has a old Roman name, its original name, which is Galera. So on some bottles of Prosecco, you may find reference to that grape variety Galera, which is the same as Prosecco. It's just that's its original Roman name, and we're starting to see it show up on labels more and more. The other thing you're going to see is obviously made in Italy because Prosecco can only come from the Veneto region within Italy, so that's going to be called out. And then you may also see some either DOC, which is one of the five classification of wine levels within the Italian system. And this is going to be the most popular classification of Prosecco. And what that means is when it says DOC on the label, it means that Italy is guaranteeing that when it says Prosecco on the label, they're going to guarantee where and how it was made. So as a consumer, when you buy Prosecco and you see DOC on the label, you're going to know that what you're getting is the product that you're looking for. Now we do have two areas within the vineyard space around Venice that have a classification that we refer to as DOCG, like in good. And this is the exalted or the highest tier of wine classification within Italy. And there's two areas within the Veneto region that are allowed to use this. And what that means is you may see the little green sticker around the neck of the bottle. Sometimes it goes over the cork, it goes around the neck of the bottle. And that tells you that it is basically the highest tier within the Italian wine system. Now, will you be able to notice a difference on the palate? 
Maybe, maybe not. But just so you know that there is a difference. There is Prosecco, so let's say 95% of it is going to be DOC, and 5% gets the classification of DOCG, which is going to have the green sticker around it, which is going to also let you know that it is one of those two special areas that has been denoted. It can also be made in a different method. Now let's move on to how it is made. And here's where it gets very different from champagne. When you buy a bottle of champagne, the bottle you hold in your hand, all of those bubbles were created right in that bottle that you're holding. And so the magic was in the bottle right from the beginning. And there's lots of work that goes into it. And if you are interested in learning more about the magic and the science behind the bubbles, I have a whole specialty course all about bubbles and you can find that on the website. So feel free to check out the Bubbles 101 course on winegirlacademy.com if you love the magic like I do behind the secrets of the bubbles. When we make Prosecco, we get the bubbles inside the bottle in a different way. And generally we make it as a big batch. So Prosecco, especially DOC, is made as a big batch. So think of it as a big tank and we do the fermentation because when we make sparkling wines, we have to make a base wine first. So first we make a still wine, then we add the bubbles. And so Prosecco follows the same path, but when we make champagne, all of the magic of once we have that base wine, the bubbles themselves are made in the individual bottle, which gives us a very finite, elegant, tiny bubbles, where Prosecco, the bubbles can be a little bit larger and a little bit more vibrant because we made them in a bigger space. And think of bubbles like koi in a pond. The fish will only grow as big as their environment and bubbles are the same way. So when we make bubbles in a bigger environment, they can grow to be bigger and maybe a bit more lively where champagne are more finite and pearl-like, if you will. So those are the main differences in regards to the bubbles. When we get into DOC Prosecco, think tank. That's why you'll find Prosecco at such wonderful price points in that it's, we're able to make it as a batch, which helps us speed up the winemaking process. Because we make Prosecco in a tank, it allows us to make Prosecco as a big batch. When you're looking at DOCG, the Prosecco with the label, it can be made in what we refer to as the Charmant method. And what happens in the Charmant method, and this is some magic behind the bubbles, is we do the fermentation in the bottle itself. The quick TV version is that we make the bubbles in the bottle. So we take a still wine, we then add in extra yeast and sugar and put a lid on it. Yeast eats sugar, which gives us the byproduct of heat, alcohol, and carbon dioxide. And because we've done it encapsulated in the bottle, we've trapped those bubbles inside, which means they can't go out and they have no choice but to go into the liquid and that gives us our magic of bubbles. And so we do that, which is the same as champagne, but here's where Prosecco and champagne get different. DOCG Prosecco, we do the bubbles in the bottle, but then we filter because as yeast eat sugar, they die and they create what looks like a bit of a sludge. If you've ever made gravy and you have that uh, flour and water, a bit of a sludge, and that's sort of what dead yeast looks like in wine, which won't hurt you, but no one wants to drink the cloudiness. We want our bubbles to be clear and be able to see how beautiful they are. So we need to filter that out. And this is where the tricky longer process takes in regards to champagne or traditionally made bubbles. So what we do in Prosecco is we then do the filtering process as a batch and we can use some great processes and technology to be able to 
pour out those bottles under pressure where we've made all those bubbles, filter it out, and then put in clean, fresh bottles. And so we've taken out some of the finicky steps when we get into champagne production, which has more steps involved, which is where you're getting the, the value and the artisan quality of champagne. But this is magic in the bottle as well. But those are the main differences in regards to DOC Prosecco and DOCG. Now, will you notice a difference? You may. You are going to have to do some homework on this and pick up a bottle of DOC Prosecco, so a Prosecco without the green sticker, and a DOCG Prosecco with the sticker, and take a sip and see if you notice any difference in how that mousse or the bubbles feel on your palate. That's where it's going to come through. There's no additional aging in regards to the Prosecco. There is no change in the grape variety. It's really just how those bubbles are made. And ideally what you probably or may experience is that the bubbles from the DOC Prosecco are going to feel a little bit larger, but still wonderful and lively where the bottles made in a DOCG style of Prosecco may be a little bit softer and more of a foam feeling in regards to the most fun homework there for you to try but those are the differences in regards to how the two different styles of proseccos can be made and why they're different from champagne so champagne is all done in the magic of the bottle where prosecco is generally done as a tank but we can do some in a bottle but then we filter it on mass if we do make it in the bottle so that we can speed it up and still bring you a bottle of wonderful wine at a very value conscious price point. So it's a win for sure. Now let's talk about other things you're going to see on the label. And here I wanna talk about how can you tell how sweet a bottle of Prosecco is? There's six different categories of sweetness within Prosecco, and these are legally required, and they have metrics of how we measure them, and they need to report into the wine consortium so that everything is as it should be. I'm gonna talk about three levels today because the other three are either really sweet or really dry, and rarely do we get them outside of Italy. So the three most common labels descriptors that you're going to find on a bottle of Prosecco are brut, extra dry, and dry. So again, those are brut, extra dry, and dry. Now let's break those down and talk about what you can experience when you see those on a label because as much as they sound like they should be easy to figure out, there's actually a little bit of a twist in the middle here of how to actually know the flavor profile you're going to be experiencing in the glass. So the first one we're gonna talk about is brute, which means dry. And here you're up from zero to 12 grams per liter. And this is dry on the palate. It definitely is going to be, well, there's a hint of sweetness to it. It's something that you're not going to feel is a sweet wine style. Below this is called Brut Naturel, which is going to be bone dry, but again, we don't see that outside of Italy. So when you see Brut on a bottle of Prosecco, you're going to know that it is dry. So Brut means dry. Next one we go to is Extra Dry, which as much as it sounds like it should be drier than the other one, it actually goes the reverse, and this means medium dry. So when you see extra dry, which is going to be the most common Prosecco label that you see out there, this means there's 
a small amount of sugar in here. And this is between 12 and 17 grams per liter is how we measure it. And while it's going to feel dry, you will catch a slight sweetness and you may feel that as a roundness on the palate. So your mouth is still gonna water, there's still beautiful acidity in this wine, but it's just gonna have a bit more of a softer. Maybe you'll pick up flavors of a little hint of apricot or peach on it, maybe some floral on there, but extra dry does mean medium dry and there is more sweetness to it than dry. And I know that sounds a little bit wacky and maybe a little confusing, but just so you know, extra dry is going to be the most common wording you see on the label. And just remember that it does mean that there is a range of sugar that is left in that wine style. That just creates a nice round wine. And then the third level of dry and then the third and then the third one we want to cover is dry or sect. So you're either going to see dry or sect, S-E-C. And what this means is actually that it's not dry, but it's medium sweet. So our extra dry is medium dry. We referred to dry or sect as medium sweet, meaning there's more residual sugar. And this one has a pretty big range. And here we can go from 17 grams per liter to 32. So depending on your favorite bottle of Prosecco, you may notice some are sweeter than other when you see dry or sect on the label. So you can see that there's a difference between Brut, which is dry, extra dry, which is medium dry, and then dry or sect, which is medium sweet. Just within those three, there's some pretty big ranges of sweetness levels. Now, the sweetness levels come into play of how do we pair these wines with different food styles? And I'm gonna give you some food pairing ideas for all three levels. There are two more levels of Prosecco label terms in regards to sweetness, and those are going to be dessert styles of Prosecco. So those ones we don't see very often in other areas of the world outside of Italy. So I'm gonna leave those off because we are covering a lot of crazy label terms today, but definitely if you wanna Google dessert styles of Prosecco or the highest tiers of sweetness levels in Prosecco, you're going to be able to discover those. Now that we know the different label terms of Brut, Extra Dry, and Dry, let's talk about some food pairings for each one of those. So when we're looking at a Brut or Dry style, this is a wonderful, especially with some creamy cheeses, they're, all of these wines are going to have a wonderful acidity. Let's just set the bar there that all three of these styles we're talking about today are so versatile and food friendly, you can interchange them. And you can definitely use any bottle of Prosecco with any of the pairings that I'm talking about today. I'm just gonna give you some specifics and some ideas in regards if you wanna try the different flavor profiles by reading the labels and selecting them. So if you pick up a bottle of Brut Prosecco, which is dry, zero to 12% grams per liter, here you can look at pairing it with anything that has a squeeze of lemon. So whether it is seafood or something fresh, also creamy cheeses, you can use this wine to cut through some of the fat and the richness of those creamy cheeses. And if you're looking at Italian cheeses here, you're playing with ricotta, buffalo mozzarella, gorgonzola, if you're into blues, some goat cheeses here, as well as if you wanna try breeze and canabere. So the Brut Prosecco is really delicious when you're pairing it with high fat dishes, such as those creamy cheeses, or anything with a squeeze of lemon to really bring that acidity out and play with it and embrace it. The next level in regards to extra dry, which is the most common style, and here you can go to those creamy cheeses, anything with lemon, you can get into something a bit more 
more rich, lovely with antipasto when you're into olives and maybe stuffed mushrooms. So if you're doing a charcuterie plate, you have some meat, some cheese, a lot of different flavors. Because of that hint of sweetness in there, just that little bit of sugar, bit more roundness, it's a wonderful choice. So definitely there, as well as a cocktail base. So any styles of Prosecco is going to make a wonderful cocktail base. You have lots of lively bubbles and it literally is just going to take on the flavor of whatever juice or cocktail mix that you're adding into it. Then the last level when we get into medium sweet or dry, that dry or sec level, here's where we can take it a little bit into more dessert styles. So if you are doing some fresh fruit or grilled fruit on top of a panna cotta, for example, or you have some tarts or some treats and the acidity in the Prosecco will definitely bring that around for you. Same as if you're doing, let's say some halibut with a mango salsa. So it's a main course, but you do have a sweet flavor. This is where that Prosecco with a bit of extra sugar can really lift that pairing and have some wonderful flavors to bring to the table for you. So what are you expecting from a glass of Prosecco in regards to the flavor? flavor profile and experience. Overall, if I have to generalize what you'll experience in Prosecco, it's going to be pale, so almost clear in the glass. You might just get a hint of soft lemon in regards to the color. So it's lighter than, let's say, champagne. Champagne is going to have more toast, potentially some oak to it, and so the champagne will be a bit of a darker color. Where Prosecco is very light and lively, so just soft or a bit of lemon color in the glass. Bubbles are going to be lively. You're going to see them move in the glass, which is always wonderful to see. And as soon as you open up a bottle of anything sparkling, the mood changes in the room and it turns it into a celebration. On the nose, you're going to experience soft aromas of some florals, maybe some white flowers like jasmine and a hint of flowers at night, I will call it, as well as soft tones of lemons, peach, apricots, Granny Smith apples, maybe a bit of pear. So you're going to pull these different flavors out. As you get into the sweeter styles, you may have more of those stone fruit flavors. So more of a ripe peach or ripe apricot flavor. Some people will pick up a bit of mandarin orange might just be, or a bit of orange peel. So very soft nuances of flavors in a glass of Prosecco, but very lovely. What you are not going to find in a glass of Prosecco is that toastiness, those brioche, those butter notes, because we generally do not oak it. We don't store it. We don't let it sit on those dead yeast or the lees as we refer to in the wine world like we do with champagne. There's no toastiness that comes through. It's about drinking it youthful. Generally Prosecco, we don't age. We drink it within three to five years of its vintage date. Any day is a good day to enjoy a glass of Prosecco. It is versatile both with food and with people. It is a wonderful choice any day of the week and it makes a wonderful cocktail base. And just as a fun side note, it is the traditional base of the Bellini cocktail, which probably many of you have enjoyed, which was created in Harry's Bar in Venice. And it is actually named after a famous 15th century painter. And the Bellini cocktail was created in Harry's Bar and the Bellini cocktail was created in Harry's Bar in Venice and is actually named after a 15th century, a 15th century Renaissance paint, a 15th century, a 15th century Renaissance paper, Giovanni Bellini. And it is said that the owner of Harry's Bar loved the picture of the peach 
gold, rose gold, if you will, color that was in these paintings. And when he made this cocktail, he named it after Bellini because the color of the spring white peaches, which is the base of the Bellini cocktail with a bit of Prosecco, gave that color. And so that is where that Bellini cocktail got its name. So if you are a fan of 15th century Renaissance painting, you'll definitely want to check out Bellini's work and maybe sip a cocktail when you do. So let's recap everything we learned about Prosecco today. We learned where it comes from, which is around the hills of Venice. We learned that it's made from the Prosecco or Galera grape. We learned that it's made differently than Champagne in that is predominantly made in a tank method as a big batch. And we do have two tiers of labeling that Prosecco can fall under. DOC, which is the most common, and two elevated regions within Prosecco that can take the classification of DOCG, which is going to be the extra tier, and you're going to be able to discover those by noticing the green sticker, then green sticker on the neck of the bottle. And when you see that, you'll know that those wine styles come from those two elevated levels. Now, when you get into DOCG Prosecco, it can be made in what we refer to as the Charmant or transfer method, which means we've created the bubbles in the bottle like we do in champagne, but we filter it as a batch, which changes it from champagne. We know that root means dry, very little sweetness in that, only up to 12 grams per liter. Extra dry Prosecco, which is going to be the most common style that you see, we have between 12 and 17 grams per liter of sugar. Still very small, but it will bring a roundness to the wine, and this wine can go with so much, so many different foods. And then our last level that we talked about today is dry or sect, and here we have the biggest range of sweetness, if you will, in that we go between 17 and 32 grams per liter of sugar. So there's a variance in there depending on the brand of Prosecco that you enjoy. It may change. And if you are wondering, the website of the winery that you are enjoying that Prosecco from is going to have some text sheets on their website and you'll be able to see they will list the amount of sugar in that Prosecco. So we've covered lots about Prosecco today. I hope you have had fun. I hope you've learned a lot. As always, if you're looking to grow your wine confidence, I would love to be your teacher. Please check out the different courses I have available for you over on the course library at Wine Girl Academy. And there is a whole class just on sparkling wine styles that I've designed so that in one afternoon or over a weekend, in a short amount of time, you can definitely have a really good understanding of the four different secret methods, if you will, of how we get the bubbles in the bottle. Now, if you have any questions or comments, if you're watching on YouTube, just leave them below. If you're listening in your favorite podcast, just email me at hello at winegirlacademy.com. Would love to answer your questions. I want to wish you a wonderful week filled with great reasons to open up wonderful bottles of Prosecco. Enjoy a glass or two with family and friends. Cheers to you. Bye now.